Hello, hello, and welcome back, or welcome for the first time to Playtime. My name is Andrew Barnett. I am a child therapist, and I live and I work in Asheville, North Carolina, and this is a podcast dedicated to child therapy, coming at it from a child-centered perspective. I want to begin by saying that I felt some hesitancy about the topic for today, and decided that that hesitancy was fear, and decided that that fear was a fear that I did not want to be making decisions for me. And I want to continue making content decisions for this podcast based on what I believe is true about children, what I believe helps children, what helps adults connect to, support, and nurture children. And so if that is what I am choosing to be guided by, is by that principle, then if something comes across my radar that I believe helps me understand children a great deal more than I did previously, it would be irresponsible and disrespectful to the aim of this podcast to not share something that I believe has helped me understand children better. So as many of you know, drugs like psilocybin and MDMA are being tested and utilized in settings and research to determine their efficacy with healing things like PTSD and complex trauma and assisting with the dying process. And I don't have an extensive knowledge of everything that they're doing with that. It feels like that field is changing really fast, that it's been shown to be helpful with things other than the ones that I just described. And the number of drugs being utilized in that sense is drugs feels like a, you know, it's a derogatory term. Let's say medicines in the same way that we call Adderall a medicine, but that lots of healing is being done with them and people are having really powerful results from that work. And so they've also been able to do a lot more research with these substances. And this research was done in 2016 that I'm about to reference, where they're able to take a brain scan of individuals who are taking these psychoactive substances like mushrooms and acid and MDMA and so forth. And people are able to do brain scans now to see, like, what does the brain of someone on mushrooms look like? Checking to see, like, is there, like, what parts of the brain is it connecting? People on these substances describe all kinds of different sort of spiritual spaces that they could get to, say, or the world could feel like it's alive and the world can feel like it's magical. People can also have negative experiences sometimes and feel like the world is really scary or really threatening. But what has been found is that being in that place and taking these substances is healing to the psyche. And so there's a lot of curiosity, obviously, in figuring out what parts of the brain are being activated on these substances. And so when they did brain scans on these individuals, they found that the parts of their brain that light up when taking mushrooms, say, or psilocybin, is the same as an infant's, that an infant, a baby's brain, is what is similar in terms of the areas that are lighting up. 
in terms of what parts of the brain are active, in terms of how the world is being experienced, that a baby's brain is the only other human's brain that lights up naturally in that way, and that those parts of the brain that light up decrease as we age. But so you would get more of those parts lit up in your brain, say if you were a baby, say like one, then you, or especially if you were just born, then you would when you're like six, seven, eight. But a three-year-old would have more of those spaces lit up than a five-year-old, say. And I found that to be remarkably interesting information. There's a uh, George Orwell quote I really like, and I'm going to butcher it here, but it's something to the effect of, when you read something that is true, you not only realize that that thing you read is true in this moment, but that it has been true for a long period of time up until that moment. In other words, you experience events in your life, or you can experience events in your life, through the filter of that new information and realize that the information you just received helps you understand the reality of your own experience better. You can look back on things and see things more clearly. And I'll make this example concrete at this point. I don't currently live with a baby, and I don't currently have a baby in my immediate orbit. My sister, KK, has a uh, daughter. Her name is Aria, and I uh, haven't gotten to see her in a little while because of this pandemic, which is a bummer. But when I have been around babies and seen the way that their eyes just open up in this way where they're like almost overwhelmed by the intensity of life in this world, where their face is just like, oh, they're in this place of pure joy and bliss that's not like fixated on any particular point, say. Sometimes it is when they get older, being able to fixate on that particular point feels like it increases but even just that moment of like really being present in this blissful state in a particular moment and when I think that that baby's brain their experience of the world what's lighting up for them the parts of like if the brain is like the parts of our experience that we're connected to you know if you do a brain scan at any particular time that baby is experiencing the world at all times in a similar way to a person who is taking psilocybin, suddenly my whole experience of that baby is very, very different than it was before. But it feels true that, yes, for that baby, there is this experience of just being and the joyfulness of that that's comparable to the experience that people can describe on these types of medicines. And this information also helped me understand play therapy a lot better than I did before because our philosophy with play therapy is that by tapping into a child's essence, by having them tap into their own essence, just by having them be themselves and working with whatever's coming up that's getting in the way, that emotional debris that'll come out in the play, that they'll find a way to move through that that's all one needs to do to help somebody heal. And that makes sense if what's at a child's core, say, 
it's this in this two, three, four, five, six range, or you know, however far you want to extend it. I I use those numbers loosely, loosely. I I haven't done like enough research myself to know how much of that brain state exists for most kids at which periods of time, and that just feels worth saying. But I hope that doesn't take away from the point, which is that if we're saying that people heal as adults from trauma by having their brains connect to these places, and we are also saying that that is what the brain of a child looks like, then the natural brain state of the child is a naturally healing place because the places that it connects to inside of their brain are naturally healing places that children do have an inherent self-healing capacity and that further they can access that place simply through being accepted and being themselves and playing out what they need to play out. When we talk about people who say use these substances for healing, and again, this is not my area of expertise, but I'm just speaking to the little bit that I've read about it, that what can crop to the surface for lots of people as they're taking, say, these substances as adults to go through a kind of healing process is that lots of different events and traumatic things can come up for people. Like you could say like, oh, we're going to be doing this to work on X trauma of something that happened to say like a, like a soldier at war. But then what comes up is stuff around their parents the first time or then stuff around other things. Traumas just seem to flow to the surface. Different things need to be talked about. It's never really this, you can't just draw this straight line to this thing. I think we can draw a parallel there, perhaps to child-centered play therapy if we're saying that this child is coming in and say a similar brain state already right they exist in this brain state all the time because that's just how their brain works as a child and then through what they play out sometimes they play out this dynamic with us like they have this uh this thing with uh either like authority in general not, not judging them for that just saying like that's what they're coming in with with a thing with authority or with a being afraid or maybe they feel like they have to control us in some kind of a way or perhaps they're like shrink away from us and it's a process of them coming to us of experiencing intimacy some kids come in and just like really dive into to having these particular things that they want to depict and sometimes those can be scenes that they're they're playing like like dynamics but they're having this different kind of perspective on it and other times it could be children making art or doing something that feels a little bit more symbolic like really drawn to put just putting figures solitary in the sand tray and just seem to just like look at them for others it's like there's this competitive aspect to it like they're all shaking through whatever they need to shake through to get back to themselves to get back to that place in them that is naturally healing, that brain state that is naturally healing, that thing has gotten hijacked by a bunch of shit that's just on top of it from different sources. And so I, I really do believe that the child-centered play therapy that we do and the healing work that people do with these medicines is remarkably similar in a way that I... uh I didn't expect. And I think, uh, you know, like with a lot of the things on this podcast, I, you know, I make a little bit of a, hmm, I mean, I'll say I, I, I'm, I'm capable of making a reach. I'm capable of feeling something really intensely and describing it intensely. That's just, I mean, it's my experience of, of the work and it's my experience of having an idea for this podcast it comes to me that way and it comes out that way. But I also, I run the risk 
here, I guess. Maybe I don't want to say that I have a full understanding of what people do, these substances, I, in terms of the way that they use them for healing. And I, uh, I think I'm going to poke around a little bit and maybe try to bring somebody on the podcast who can speak to that because I, I'm curious to dig through someone's mind and see, and see what kinds of parallels can be drawn there. And to anyone who is listening to this and feeling disappointed, perhaps, due to the content or is feeling differently towards, towards me and the work that I do due to the content of the podcast, I, I stand by it. I stand by what I've said. And I think one of the beautiful things about the time that we live in is the ability to make a podcast and the ability to distribute that podcast and the ability to have people listen to that podcast. And I think it gives an opportunity to be a voice inside of something when you otherwise may not have had the opportunity to do so. It doesn't have to be a podcast, obviously. You can make videos. You can do whatever you want. You can have a social media presence. But I think that it's important for people to say what is true for them. And what they think is true in general and in a respectful way, in a way that communicates that this truth that feels the need to be shared serves the purposes of healing in some form or love in some form or of a, a world that is more whole and less broken. Certainly different kinds of truths people can share and I'm not naive to that I only I say all of that to say that I come at this content come at talking about these things from a place of really hoping that for everyone and anyone who happens to listen that it provides you with a deeper connection to yourself or to the people in your life or to the children in your life that you work with or that you have and that is the entire goal and if you listen to an episode and you have that feeling that I'm talking about where you feel more connected to something or you heard something in it that you felt like was true for you now and perhaps has also been true for you for a little while that's the whole point and I'm so glad if you've ever felt that way while you were listening to this. And if you listen to a podcast and you are like, man, that Andrew guy, I think he's full of shit. That's okay, too. That's okay, too. And, and I wouldn't try to convince you to feel any other way about it. And it's not the note that I want to end the podcast on. I want to end the podcast on a note of saying that if it's comfortable for you, I would encourage you to, the next time you're with a child, whether that child is a baby or three years old or four years old or however old they are, I'd like for you to hold in your conscious awareness for any period of time while you're looking at them, just to have the, the thought to yourself that, my goodness, this child is experiencing the world like someone on psilocybin. That is literally the same things in their brain are lighting up. And, and let's make that more specific. What's happening for them is that the world is a, a really magical place. It's full of connection and love and like a 
talking to my sister today, her kid could just rip up grass, just staring at it with joy for hours at a time. Or children who could just be like moving dinosaurs back and forth all day long and having their little like dinosaur wars and things and they're so into it. You know, the way that uh the way that you could just like a game of peekaboo with a baby or next time you're doing any kind of imaginary play, if you're a play therapist and just the child is so is so into it and for them it's all so real and it is all so real because they exist inside of that magical place. And that magical place when they get there and when they're connected to that, instead of being connected to all the emotional garbage or whatever they've got, sort of that the debris that they have to fly through, but you, when you can feel glimpses of that magic there, it's palpable. It's palpable. And I'm not even trying to take it necessarily to sort of those magic sessions where you feel like healing is happening, say. Like, I think that that, that does happen, but... Just holding in your awareness the next time you're around a child that, like, wow, this kid is experiencing life so differently from the way that I am. They are experiencing life way, way differently than I am experiencing life. We spend a lot of time as adults attempting to conform children to our reality and wondering why they don't get it. And it's because they're living in a totally different reality. <laughs> it's because they're living in a totally different reality. And the more we respect that, the more we learn to work with that, the more we increase our awareness of that, I really do believe will help us to have connection with them and learn from them. Learn from them about their experience of the world, not invalidating it and saying that ours is right and theirs is wrong. And when we do that, when we begin to learn from them, they start learning more from us too. And we start having a symbiotic relationship with our children instead of an adversarial one, which is what I think we're all after in the first place. And I think that's it for this episode of Playtime. Thank you for listening. And if you want to try to understand children better, then go check out the child-centered children's books at barnettchildtherapy.com. They may not be as psychedelic as they need to be to appeal to every child, but I do my best to get at anger and I get mad and sharing and on sharing from the perspective of the child in order to try to connect with them to facilitate conversations and bring those that sort of awareness of their experience up in them i've read it to some children and it's been really successful and very connective um i get mad and on sharing and for other children they they haven't liked it as much (laughs) and it hasn't landed at all so i don't want to promise that it will be a book that will connect to a child in your world, but I can say that it is a book or books that have connected to some children in a very meaningful way. And please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Get in touch with me if you would like to be in touch with me. My email is barnettchildtherapy at gmail.com. And yeah, I'll catch you all next time.
Thank you.